Welcome to Let's Get Writing, the podcast that explores the creative process of writing from books, scripts, plays, and poems to songs and blogs. This series focuses on authors, publishers, and artists. Catherine's guests share their process of writing in all its forms. Listen along to discover personal journeys behind their work, explore options from indie to traditional publishing, and learn tips and secrets to inspire you. Welcome to Let's Get Writing. Welcome to Let's Get Writing. I'm your host, Katherine Taylor. Let's Get Writing is all about the writing process from creation to publication. And here is where we share the stories behind the stories and bring life to books. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel at Katherine Taylor TV and never miss another episode. My guest this week is an award-winning author from Mount Pearl, Newfoundland, and Labrador. In 2020, her debut novel, novel was published by Flanker Press and quickly became the number one best-selling book in Newfoundland and Labrador. The book has remained on the Atlantic Books Today top five bestsellers list since its release. <laughs> and that's a pretty amazing accomplishment. And that book, of course, was Woman in the Attic. And her second thriller, Alone on the Trail, followed soon after and was also an Atlantic Books Today top seller. And now she has entered the realm of children's books with her latest release, Let's Get Writing, and I'll bring her onto the stream and we'll say hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, there you are. Hey, the technology is working, Emily. It is finally working. We've got a hold of it. We have. I'm here in central Newfoundland, folks, and Emily uh, has, has jumped ship. She's up in Fredericton, New Brunswick at UNB. I am. I'm all the way in New Brunswick. Emily, you, uh, you've jumped into uh, working on a law degree, so writer, and you've done all those wonderful thrillers. Are we going to be seeing some law, uh, some legal thrillers in your future? Who knows? At this point, anything goes. You never know where inspiration is going to hit next. <laughs> Not with you, because I've I've enjoyed all your books. You've been on Let's Get Writing a few times. And, uh, you know, and people, not just me, but everyone's been enjoying your books very, very much. But they've been a little bit of, a, you know, psychology, psychological thrillers and a little crime and things like that. So this is a real switch. This is totally, totally a switch into children's books. So um, let's see what happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, writing for children has always been a big goal of mine. Um I, I, I love I love children very much and I, I I was a preschool teacher for some time and so I really got to enjoy um, sitting and reading to children on a daily basis and I always I knew it was something that I wanted to do so um, over the summer I had some free time and I I kind of took the philosophy I always I always do and I said you know what if I don't do it now I'm never gonna do it so I committed and I said no matter what happens no matter how the draft turns out I'm gonna just try to write it and I had this cute little idea um, and so I just sat down and committed so that's kind of the story about how sweater came to be <laughs> well I, lo I love the name by the way and you know without even reading the book just the image I'm going to pop it up here for people to see when I saw you know when I saw that I thought like 
I was already scratching my neck. And my <laughs> I was like, man, that looks like one warm, itchy sweater. <laughs> and that was without cracking the cover. So, oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Alexander there um, is wearing a really cute sweater. Yeah, I think but, so. <laughs> copy here. <laughs> I would like to have a sweater like that. <laughs> Many of us have had sweaters like that. And uh, because of particularly of where we come from, Newfoundland, the, uh, the art knitting socks, sweaters, hats, um, mittens, and all this sort of thing, our grandmothers over the years and our mothers likely, not the mothers these days so much. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they knit things and it was, yeah. it was a very special gift. I mean, it, I remember growing up, my mother knit so many things for the ladies auxiliary hospital auxiliary at the time. That's what it was was called. And there was always a set of knitting needles with baby booties. And, you know, so I, it's a big tradition here on the island. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Emily, did um, is this based on truth? This story about a grandmother knitting an itchy sweater? It is a story that's based on quite a bit of truth. So I'm wearing today actually one of the sweaters that my nan knit for me um, many years ago. And I remember so distinctly looking at it as a young girl and thinking, how am I gonna get out of this? <laughs> because I remember the feeling of how itchy they were and how warm they were. But now as an adult, um, I, it's my, like my nan's sweaters are my favorite things to wear and thank God she knit them big because they still fit. Um, but I, I have so many school pictures home, um, of myself wearing sweaters that my, my nanny knit me. Um, and so, uh, that, the, the, the memory of that and the memory of, um, you know, dreading wearing them because they were so warm and itchy contrasted with how much I love them and, and cherish them now. Um, that, that, yeah, that, that was something I knew I had to write about because I think, you know, like you said, it's such a big part of our culture is, is textiles. And I said that what a, what a sweet way to not just, um, not what a sweet way to not just uh, kind of preserve that memory of my nanny's knit things, but a memory we all have, I think in some way of, of having something homemade. So, yeah. hundred oh, percent. And I was looking at the sweater and I was thinking, yeah, that's, <laughs> she's worth <laughs> purpose and I thought about that too this morning when I was coming and think maybe I should put on a big old itchy sweater <laughs> yeah. I saw it in my closet and I was like today's the day I'm breaking you out I have a whole bunch of them from um that she's knit me and I've taken a few of my brothers as well so <laughs> I have a collection on the positive side Emily they keep warm and you're you're known to be hiking a lot on the trails and these sweaters, quite often the wool they used, also have, can keep you dry and it yeah. warm. Absolutely, they're uh, they're kind of a hidden gem. <laughs> well, not so hidden anymore, thanks to whoop, this adventure right here. And uh, Emily, not only um, have you written the story, I love this little picture here too. By the way, can you see oh, it? Oh, so yeah, there. <laughs> He's. <laughs> Gift. But not only have you written the story, but you've illustrated it. So was this always something that you've done? Yeah, um, I was always obsessed with art and um, illustration. And like, as I got older, I, I really have a passion for children's illustration. I mean, I'm just completely enamored by um, like 
so many different authors and illustrators. So it was always something I wanted to do. Um, I've never, like, it was a challenge for sure because I've never really, like, had formal instruction or, or lessons or anything. So when I committed to writing it, I knew I wanted to do the pictures myself. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, so it was a lot of trial and error. But ultimately, I ended up doing the illustrations digitally um, on my iPad. Um, so that was that was a really great way to learn um, to do this uh, as a process because there was there's so much forgiveness in digital art because you can kind of just delete a layer and start from the beginning if you need to. Um, so yeah, it was always something I wanted to do. Definitely a learning curve. I still have so much to learn, but it was so much fun and it was such a dream come true to actually um, see the book at the end and and think like, hey, like that that all came out of my own brain. <laughs> You've really intrigued me because I am I'm familiar with a lot of things, but I'm not familiar with digital art. And take, for example, uh, Don Baker, who's another flanker um, author, and her daughter, Samantha. They yeah. create all their artwork by hand. They create things by hand. And then those become the book. And they have a new book coming out this summer. Uh, I hope to to meet with them as well. Yeah. But um so you did it on your iPad. So is it an app or is it built into the iPad? What, what, what did you use? Yeah, so I use an app called Procreate. Um, and it's, it's pretty much the same as like um, a canvas. I mean, prior to this book, all of the art and illustration I had done um, was like Don and Samantha do, um, like on physical canvases or physical sketchbooks. But um, what's so beautiful about digital art is that you know, if you were, if you have to erase something, it's a perfect erase. <laughs> um, there's nothing left over, and you can kind of play around with things without uh, damaging the progress you've already made. So it was a great learning tool. Um, but it's yeah, it's it's almost it's almost unbelievable um, the fact that it's digital because it looks so realistic to the mm -hmm. to true. I mean, what I used was kind of like a simulation of. Um, like colored pencils mm -hmm. and I there was times I was looking at it and I was like you can almost not even tell that it was done um using a computer um but yeah it was it was so interesting it was so much fun to use um and like I said it was uh a great learning tool because like I said I kind of jumped in the deep end and had to swim <laughs> through it but <laughs> it was it was a really great resource yeah well, Emily, um, you brought me back to my youth and uh, not not as a child, but when I was in my teens, my very first job was to do story time at the library in central Newfoundland. And I was the first one that, that did that. Actually, it was created at the time. It was my first paycheck. I will remember oh. $12. <laughs> <laughs> and I used to run up there between between dance classes and and do this so I understand your passion because even at that young age sitting there and I had created um a character spot the magic dog <laughs> from that all the all the stories that we told and went through came because spot arrived anyway that I hadn't thought of it for years in fact Last night, as I was sitting in bed later at night, I just rhymed off the whole Spot the Magic Dog uh, song that started those story times. So I totally appreciate your enthusiasm for it. But you know, the other thing, it can be a tough audience at times. <laughs> <laughs> Keep their attention. And um, you have to create 
you know, your use of words and how they sound and how, you know, in ways that they can, can be fun or make you feel the itch. You know, did you did you do test runs on this? How did you feel like, yeah, this is it. I have what it's going to take. <laughs> um, that's a really great question. Um, for me, um, like you said, it's all about the language you use. So I, I spent some time um, working in a daycare when I was in my undergrad. Um, and I had so much fun reading to the children there. Um, and I remember specifically the types of books that would actually really capture their attention. I mean, when I, I was a child, um, Robert Munch was very popular and he still is very popular. And I find it's all about like the language that you use and how you, uh, how you portray it. So for me, I kept trying to come back to simple sentences that were engaging, but not too long. Um, and I tried to create like a rhythm um, while I was writing because I knew that children seem to respond very well to um, sentences that kind of move in a fun way. So I, I, I reflected on my time as a preschool teacher and um, also just kind of selfishly what I really enjoyed listening to as a small child, um, language that was very exciting and energetic. So I, I, I hope that that channeled into <laughs> into these words, but I think so, and that's what I was tuning into when I was reading it myself. I was thinking, yeah, th this would really resonate, and and with kids, when you think of, I think as you described it, it was uh, his itchy, sweaty, scratchy, woolly sweater. <laughs> <laughs> there has to be a degree of silliness too. I think that's very important. <laughs> Does. And there and there has to be, I mean, this is a very, very touchy situation. His <laughs> man has given him this sweater and he has been very excited. And then when he opens it, not knowing what it is, he's a bit less than excited, but you know, he loves his man. <laughs> and, oh yes. You know, so he, so this was his great dilemma. And uh I thought it was so so cute the way you you brought it around. There's always gotta be a bring around for these stories. Um, and, and, it, and it's fun. I don't want to give it all away because we want, <laughs> we want you folks out there to, to read the story and, and support Emily on the <laughs> adventure. But um, so did you test it on children? Did you actually do that or did you just go with your gut? I went with my gut mostly. Um, and then after it came out, um, I, I actually was very fortunate. I got to return to my elementary school, Mary Queen of the World in Mount Pearl. Um, and I got to read it to a, a class. And it was the first group of children that I, uh, that I got to read it to. So it was a, a risk, but it worked out. They were so sweet. And it was so much fun to, to watch them engage with the story and ask me questions. And it was just a dream come true. <laughs> it's going to be a run on wool. <laughs> <laughs> Newfoundland. So if anybody out there has an interesting, uh, itchy story to share, uh, please go to my YouTube page and put it in the comments under this show or uh, do it on the Facebook page. We, we actually do our premieres on Facebook and then they land over on YouTube where you can see all the shows. But put your comments in, share them with us. And maybe you'll give Emily more ideas because, I mean, what could what could happen next? Emily, could it be an itchy hat or, or, you know, what is next, really? What are you what are you thinking about Alexander? Is he going to appear again? Who knows? Um, I always say I always have like two or three things in the works um, at any given time. I, I, I'm kind of 
I'm like a little leapfrog. I, I have to jump from idea to idea <laughs> to keep inspired. But I don't know if we'll see Alexander in particular, but I will say there are definitely more children's books in the works. Um, maybe not about sweaters, but a about topics that I think a lot of kiddos um, experience. Maybe something about a little brother. Mm -hmm. or anything more, but I had a little brother growing up. I know there are lots of little brothers out there and it may make a great story. So who knows? But yeah, some more children's titles. There's definitely some more novels in the work. Um, I'm in school right now, so my schedule is a little hectic, but um, with a little time, I think there are definitely a couple of things upcoming. Yeah, and, and this is the thing. When I was reaching out to you, I thought, okay, you're studying law, which is a pretty heavy heavy program, a pretty heavy workload. So this is your first year? It is, yeah. I'm in my first year. Yeah, so you're going to be there, for, is it for four years for this on top uh, of three. Three. Yeah. three years of schooling followed by um, a year or so of uh, articling. So. Absolutely. And are you going into any area of law? We have to find out what you're doing. <laughs> it's, I, it's, it's still pretty early in the game. I'm very interested in intellectual property um, and contract law. I, I find both of those very fascinating. Um, but I, I'm compelled, of course, to the, the areas of law that interact with publishing and with creatives. And um, so, yeah, somewhere, somewhere along those lines, I believe. Yeah, well, well, that would actually, as law degrees often do, serve you well in your other pursuits. Quite often, uh, not necessarily do people with law degrees strictly practice law, but but they're applied in so many areas that I've, it's always been fascinating to me. Um, Emily, I, I, I want to ask you, because when you came out with your first book and, um, it, you know, it was such um, a success, and I don't know if you expected that, but it certainly set a high bar for you. How did that impact you? I mean, when your first book is amazingly popular and continues to be, how did you feel and how did you feel approaching your next book? Yeah, that's an excellent question. Um, I went into the whole publishing ordeal with zero expectations. I said, um, I felt so fortunate to have the opportunity to have a book in print that I said, I'm going to go into this and I'm not going to expect a thing. I'm not going to anticipate anything or kind of set big hopes for things. Of course, I hoped people would enjoy it and I hoped um, it would make my friends and family proud. Um, but I kind of decided to go into it with nothing but gratitude. Um, so everything that kind of became... Um, of the woman in the attic was so unexpected and so it just felt like every little thing that happened um, was such a celebration just because it felt like it caught me off guard um, and so one of the things that I try to carry with me as I write anything whether it's a children's book a novel um, anything is that um, I just feel so fortunate that I have the ability to create things and to have them put out in the world I lose hope or I lose those expectations and I just enjoy the ride. Um, and I, I always remember that you have to, you have to create for yourself um, so that you can express yourself um, in a way that's truest to you. And then um, you kind of have to just hope the world receives it. And the fact that the world has kind of received my work um, in a positive manner has just been, absolutely humbling and wonderful and I, I just try to practice a little gratitude every day um I, that was kind of a long-winded answer but that's that's kind of how I 
A great answer because we got to see a little inside of you because many, many people write for many, many years and don't have the success that you've had. And you you jumped into it, um, as you say, and then your first book, and then you have to turn around and write the second book. Did you feel intimidated at all when you approached um, Alone on the Trail after the first book? Yeah, well, I mean, I like I feel I feel terrified about everything that I make. I mean, I whenever I finish a draft, like it, I have to put it away for a little while because I can't even bring myself to look at it. And I think it's kind of like it's a, a funny joke I make to my friends a lot. Um, I always make the tortured artist joke because you write something and you say, "Is this any good at all?" Um, but you kind of just it goes back to that whole you have to write for yourself and enjoy what you're writing. Um, and when you kind of lean into that and you just write for the fun of it and you write for the joy that it brings you, um, you can kind of mediate the nerves a little bit. So it was it was definitely intimidating. No matter what it is you're working on, it's intimidating. Um, but again, you have to go back to those ideas of just gratitude and, and fun and enjoyment. And that kind of grounds you and, and doesn't let the fear take over. Yeah. And, and that is, you know, that is so true. I think many times... People don't think about it when they buy a book, when they pick it off the shelf and, and they're, they're going to read a book, that there's a vulnerability for authors in putting their work out, particularly, well, I'm going to say particularly when you start, but really anytime, because once you have a reputation, you have to live up to that reputation or what your readers expect, uh, what they count on from you. And so I don't know if it gets easier as you go along. I, I, I wouldn't think that it, that that it would. I would think that you would always feel a certain need to deliver. And yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And it's very, it's very, like you said, it's, it's very vulnerable, but, um, and I think what you get used to is you get used to the, like you get used to reactions, I guess, like people responding to your work. Um, but no, the fear is always as strong for sure. <laughs> And yet books get written. Yes. <laughs> and actually, if I recall, uh, when we spoke on some of the earlier interviews, you can write fairly quickly, fairly intensely. You can go into a, um, I think you wrote one book during the summer. Am I, am I remembering correctly? Just bang, you sat down and really. Yeah. It. Yeah. The Woman in the Attic, I wrote, I wrote in like nine days. So it was, it was quite ridiculous um and then my my second book i wrote over like two months but i have to write quickly if i don't write quickly the idea is going to leave my mind and um yeah and i find too writing quickly has its advantages because before you can get nervous and before you can start having the doubts and the insecurities you kind of have you're so far in that you've committed and you can't weasel what your way out of it so <laughs> it has its many advantages it's it's stressful but it's um it's like a short-term stress. <laughs> well, I can I can see that because once you have a train of thought, if you leave it too long, you're going back trying to pick that thread up and where was I going with this? So the, yeah. I can definitely see the advantages of, of intense writing periods over uh, trying to remember what was this character thinking. and, and so, But have you ever done character sketches or do you just go into it? Um, no, absolutely. Character sketches. Um, I kind of, I don't necessarily do them formally. I, um, I find what I do is I keep a diary with me all the time. And I, I find a lot of what builds a character for me is dialogue, um, what I hear them saying. And I know a character is going to stick when I can hear them, their voice clearly in my head. So 
it starts with some dialogue and then I kind of think about um, kind of like the the general ideas that you get from a character sketch. So what are their goals? What are their ambitions? What are their insecurities? And I kind of just, um, as they come to me, I write them um, in my, my notebook or whatever. But yeah, it uh, there's definitely, my writing period looks very different from my planning period. Um, I plan books for quite some time and I really let the characters kind of marinate in my mind <laughs> for a little while. And then when I write, I feel like I know them inside out and backwards. Um, and I find it's less about like the small details and more about who they are as people. Um, because then once you know who they are, the small details kind of come to you naturally. Mm. And I think that could be the your interest in psychology and yeah. <laughs> getting into the headspace of characters and so on. I, I, I definitely, and criminology was another area that you've studied and that you enjoy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can see, I can see where that could happen. So, all right, we, you, you did digital art and you say you make notes and you, so are you using your phone for your notes or do you actually have a notebook? I have a notebook. Yeah. Wow. I'm surprised. Yeah, no, I I write most everything by hand at first. Um, I'm looking around to see if my notebook's within reach, but it's not. Um, I I have to write everything by hand. Um, I I do take notes. Like if I have a, if I'm feeling inspired and I actually want to write something like a note that might actually appear in a in a chapter, um, I'll use like my notes app or whatever. But most of the time, most of my ideas come to me in my notebook, and I find. Um, I try to make my, my journals uh, very, like, creative spaces. So, like, I decorate my margins and I, like, <laughs> I scribble uh, little pictures and little illustrations of things that inspire me within them. Um, but, yeah, no, it has to be pen on paper when it comes to, like, creating ideas. Well, perhaps someday we'll be looking at your collection of notebooks in a museum. saying <laughs> this. Emily created and wrote all these incredible books because I'm sure you're going to continue to do it. And I know your fans are going to want you to continue to do it. And you'll just, you'll just have to fit it in there around all that legal, all that legal stuff you're fitting into your brain. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Hopefully it all finds its place in there. <laughs> I'm sure it will. And I really appreciate you taking the time to, to chat with me again. It's always so much fun to talk to you and a very uplifting um, to see what you're doing and, and, and inspiring. Um, how, how about for people who want to track you down? Let me see. What, what are some of the fun ways to keep up with Emily? I think we've got Facebook here. And yep. um, that's your author page on Facebook. Yeah. And, and then you're also Instagram. We'll get that. Yeah. What's your favorite? Facebook? Where are people going to find you most? You can probably find me the most on Instagram. That's the one I feel the most um, comfortable using. Um, I But you can follow both my Instagram and my Facebook. They both have all the information relevant to my books. Um, but yeah, Instagram is probably where I'm the most active, perhaps. Um, and I, I love to connect with people. So please feel free to reach out. Let me know your thoughts, good, bad, anything. Um, <laughs> I'd love to hear feedback. So yeah, reach out to me. Well, you know what? We're going to throw out an itchy sweater challenge to people. Like, post your best itchy sweater on uh, <laughs> Emily's Facebook or share share it uh, through Insta Instagram, and uh, we'll get some things going there. Emily, thank you so much for your time today. And, thank you for having me. Yeah, and best of luck with everything. And again, I'm just going to pop up sweater here so people can have a look at that and share it with their families. 
And you have a wonderful day and we'll see you on your next book. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. A pleasure. Thank you. And folks, thank you so much for joining us on Let's Get Writing. We try to share ideas with you if you're interested in writing or if you like to hear about books. We also cover that too here. Have a great day, everyone, and we'll see you again soon. Don't forget to share the love and check out Katherine Taylor TV on YouTube. Have a great day. Bye, Emily. Bye. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening. We'd love to hear from you. So please let us know what you thought of this episode and share your ideas for future guests or topics. You can email us at letsgetwriting at katherinetaylor.ca. Don't forget to subscribe and even leave a review. And if you love this episode, share it with a friend. Until next time, believe in yourself and let's get writing.